I don't know what a mess. Look at this here. God, what are they doing there in the world today? Now, who can that be at this time of night? Who is it? Oh, it's uh, Chris Dale and Marina. Mr. Hobson? Hobson's the name. Mr. Hobson. Excellent, excellent. We're in the right place, Marina. Mind helping us with something, Mr. Hobson? Oh, all right. I'm in your hands. Uh, what do you want me to do? Well, nothing much. Just uh, press this button for me, if you would. You can rely on me. That's it. Thank you. This is all official, is it, sir? Oh, totally official, yes. We are indeed official randomizer, um, button-pressing, you know, people. Right. Okay, let's see what we've got. Uh, well, it's a dream episode today. What? I knew this had to come. Yes, doesn't make it any easier, though. On the plus side, it's from a popular show. It's more than 55 years old, actually. 55 years? Yes. Still, uh, I don't suppose there's any way I could uh, get out of it, is there? Uh, any way we could cook up a little, uh, well... Deception? Well, no, no, not deception. Just, uh, maybe we could pretend that this episode just, uh, never came up. You just sit quiet. Yes, well, I'll sit. That's right. And I'll watch Stingray. Right, sir. Raptures of the Deep. It'll be an honour, sir. Hmm. So, it's time for some Stingray on the randomizer. And if it sounds like I'm saying that through gritted teeth, then... No! I absolutely refuse to give you a certificate of undersea worthiness for your crap. Then I kind of am, because this is not a favourite episode of mine. It's a dream episode, of which Stingray did so many, far too many, really. Fallen for this crazy legend about a gem forest beneath the sea. So it's almost like, you know, with the clip shows, it's... Stingray dream episodes, I just think, oh, there's there's not a lot here to work with, but we'll see. Whole heap of rumors lately. A forest that grows jewels? There, there's bound to be something good. Um, we have two gentlemen here named Frank and Joe. Some people need to move with the times. I heard that, Tempest. I may be old, but I'm sure not deaf. Who are trying to uh, get their submarine declared seaworthy. You two guys still here? I already told you, your craft's not fit for deep dives. Now, please, get out. And here we have a, another odd moment from Barry Gray. We have a piece of music composed for this episode. Which he doesn't make much use of uh, again until um, many episodes later in Tune of Danger. Suddenly, that's the, uh, the whole Blues Pacifica track. Say, how about that? Who needs any old certificate anyhow? And here's our first problem with this episode. Our two deep sea divers. Commander Daddy O. You mean like They're uh crash the waves without a ticket? They're um uh, they're like this. Bright stuff waiting for us down there. As if you couldn't tell that this was made in the sixties, we have a couple of uh On the button, buddy boy. Hip to the scene, beatnik, uh deep sea divers. And, uh, of course, you know, that, that character trope has really aged well over the years. It's, it's not specifically dated to the 1960s at all. It's really a timeless thing. Um, it doesn't help as well that uh, the model of their submarine looks a bit rubbish. And the nose. Which is a shame because the, the puppet set that they're sitting in is clearly supercar. Would give, you know, like uh, folder. Like the cat Tempest gave out. It's kind of sad as well, though, actually, seeing supercar. 
not not specifically in this episode, but knowing that it was still there and they just reworked it into something else. Like, what's with your bones, man? They're creaking. You know me, Dad. I had an oil check before we let out from Lansville. Then why the music? Oh, uh, relax. So we've got some creaks. Yeah, we that's the, uh, the hull. I sure hope nothing bad happens to these two characters. I'm very much invested in them. Crazy, Dad. We're shipping the wet stuff. Oh, like, yeah. make with the pumps, man. Or we'll be fish food. That would never do. Oh dear, nothing's working. The pumps are piling up the Z's. Like, uh, sleeping on the job? Shut up! You mean like she's folding? Yeah, pressure. Commander Daddy-O said it. Hepcat's dead, man. I, A daisy I, pusher. Why did they do this? Why did they do this with these characters? I mean... Um, Maybe, unless we hit Marineville's way... For one thing, the... The voices don't quite fit the puppets. Uh, I'll move it out now. Let's hope those cats pick up our whales. But then I have to wonder if if these this kind of dialogue really fits the world of Stingray at all. Again, I know it was made in the 60s, but even at the time, this must have felt dated and uh, rather rubbish. They're still going down. They still haven't hit bottom. We've got some nice music to listen to. Oh, no. They hit bottom and they've both been knocked unconscious. I do hope Stingray can rescue them. <sighs> and also, I'm coming to this episode. Um, it's coming in. Have Stingray crews standing by. I think I'm right in saying that by the time this plays, those of you who joined us for you've never seen these, will have seen a Stingray episode in HD that you had never seen before, and wasn't that a lovely treat? Two young fools must have disobeyed me and gone down. It just makes coming back to this episode, even though it's not a very good episode, it makes it even worse because it looks so, so pants. Oh, but Stingray in HD. I am looking forward to some more of that. And here we are. Stingray is, in fact, launching. Off to save Frank and Joe from their own stupidity. Acceleration rate six. Heading for SOS call. Marina's up the back. She seems she seems to be sewing something. Guess the lure of that legendary gem for us was too great. Yeah, oh. how about that? Do you think it could exist? Well, like I told the commander, down here anything's possible. Hmm. But I guess there's no evidence to even suggest a forest of jewels. <laughs> One thing I find strange with this episode, I, I don't know if there's anyone out there who's a particular fan of this one, as I said, I'm certainly not, but that's just my personal opinion. If you love this one, then great. What I find strange is that the AP Films team evidently were really keen on this one because they not only put it in the clip show episode, uh, Aquanaut of the Year, they also put it in the Japanese linking material clip show thing, whether that was a clip show or a clip film. They, they put this episode in there and... Uh, you know what a strange choice to 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 feel so proud of this that not only would you you want to repeat it once but twice to showcase it as some of your best work oh great dad there's some interesting design stuff coming up later on admittedly but okay i'll be with you in a few minutes it certainly doesn't start well Oh, just the plot, just the characters. Some of the life breeze, you know, an airline. Just say what you mean. We are suffocating. Troy is coming to help us. 
In fact, the second sentence there is, I would rather he wasn't coming to rescue you. I would rather you just disappeared. Luckily, they have a big sign on the outside saying, Air Socket. Looks like a headphone jack that Troy can uh, okay, phones. Airlines in position. plug the airline into. Okay, operating. And it looks like we've saved Frank and Joe on the Hepcat. We are... Okay, Hepcat. We'll see you on the surface. Release the airline. Oh, are we rid of them? Man, lifeline away, and thanks. Ah, well. I sure hate to see them go. Are we not going to see any more of them in the story? Well, no, because the story is about to take a, a completely random turn. What's that? Troy Tempest is distracted by some shiny things on the floor. Because Troy Tempest is easily distracted by shiny things. Turning the airline to Stingray. Going back to check something out. There's something shining on the seabed. Okay, Troy, but watch your air supply. I want to add it to my nest. <sighs> so, yep, Troy has found what looks like a jewel, and as he investigates. Oh, the seabed gives way, and he falls and falls. Poor old Troy. Phones. I, I've fallen down an undersea crevasse. Again. Can you come get me? Troy, your air. It must be running down mighty low. I'm coming to get you. Yeah, guess my air is nearly finished. Mm. My leg. It hurt. Oh, Troy's hurt his leg. He's not got much air. My air's gone. Ah. I, I can't breathe. And now? Phones. I'm suffocating. Well, never mind. Yeah, we're now heading into the second half of this episode, the dream sequence, and there's no point trying to pretend that this isn't a dream. Um, and I, I find it strange as well with Stingray, they do so many dream episodes, and they're all from Troy's point of view, so it makes them much more personal that we have these, uh, these deep insights into the mind of Troy Tempest, what's important to him, his, uh, his aspirations, and... Uh, we're seeing some of that now. I think this is perhaps the most revealing of his uh, his dream uh, episodes. Um, you know, you can read some things into the the dream he had about being shrunk and the dream he had about those cavemen. But uh, I can't be breathing. But I am. I'm living without air. This is definitely the most revealing dream he ever had on the show. I'm breathing. I'm breathing. Say, why should I need air anyway? I'm God. Here, okay? Apparently. Who needs air? Yeah. <laughs> what do I want this crazy mask for? Meanwhile, back in the waking world, Troy is drowning now. No. Yeah, let's get rid of this air cylinder. Yeah, I've gone completely insane. No, he hasn't. He's uh, he's living without breathing masks and. Great! I feel like a million dollars. Oh, oh no, this... Is this the episode that this piece of music was composed for? That's a good point in this episode's favour. Gee, I've never seen plants like this. Because it made a, a lot of reappearances in, in later episodes, and indeed later series. Always very welcome. I don't believe it. But it's there. Mm -hmm. The forest of gems. Well, a very small forest. More a, a gem corner. A gem shrubbery. Say, these leaves, they're made of gold and silver. 
Diamonds, rubies, emeralds. I found the gem forest. It really exists. Hooray. Thank goodness those uh, beatnik guys led you to it. Yippee! Oh. I must be the richest man in the world. I'm the richest man in the whole wide world. <sighs> and with that, it's off to commercial break. Um, and now we see that uh, given that amount of wealth, Troy has off-screen built himself a palace, uh, resigned from the Wasps, convinced Atlanta and Phones and Marina to join him down there as well. Oh, great one. Do you require anything? To spend all day, every day, tending to his every need. Marina, play something sweet and gentle. And of course he's made up like a, I don't know, a Roman or something. I mean, I don't know what I would do if, if I uh, won a, or discovered a load of money, came into a lot of wealth. Uh, but the sight of Troy in this um, this garb, lazing around on, a, on an expensive sofa, stuffing himself with grapes. I don't know, it's, 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 it's very revealing about the man. Having found so much wealth, he then you know, just wants to spend the rest of his days completely idle. Hey, do you remember, um, like, there were Stingray episodes with, like, uh, Battles and, uh, Titan? Those were good stories. It's great being the richest man in the world. I guess these dream episodes were just created to sort of, hey, let's, let's have the chance to do something different. And to that extent, you know, it must be nice to have worked on this, and, uh, if you had a hankering to create a set like this, then, uh, then it must have been fun to make, but... Oh, great one. I have important news. A crack. I can't say that uh, it's, of, it's ever particularly entertained me. I don't want any visitors today. But visitors bore me. All the way from Marineville. Now, what do they want? I've finished with my old life and they know it. Mm. But they've come a long way, oh, great one. Okay, let them in if that's what they want. That's, I think, the part of the uh, fantasy that's most revealing. Troy, having come into so much wealth, Troy then pays all his friends to call him Great One. And presumably he pays them, or at least uh, they get to share in his wealth by living in this... Uh, Tempest Towers to Stingray. Tempest Towers, oh dear. Yeah, so it's a nice-looking episode at times. I just wish we had a bit more of a stingray-ish episode you know it's it's one of those episodes where i would happily sacrifice it for another episode on the on the quality level of say the master plan or emergency marineville or something to stingray please pass down the corridor from airlock and enter by southern door it's just on the left of the big statue of troy then you go right past the next big statue of troy and then there's a statue of troy we're down there on the left give up this life it's making you soft Give it up. Commander Shaw's come to try to win him back. Give up all my riches? Never. But the service needs you. It's your duty. I'm the leader here. I decide what is my duty. Is that your last word? Yes, Commander. It is. I guess within the dream, it's kind of uh, it kind of matches his earlier moment where he was told off by Shaw, but uh, that that point isn't as established as well as it might have been. Return to Marineville too, but phones. I can hear you, traitor, Commander Shaw. I'll thank you to leave my palace. But going back to when I first saw this as a kid, I clearly remembered a moment where um, when when Shaw leaves, 
I guess it was because of that little conversation he had with phones there, but I remembered from my viewing as a kid that phones actually left with Shaw. Um, so I was quite surprised when rewatching this on DVD several years later, that moment never happened. Just one of those uh, everything's perfect. Those things that you you misremember as a child. Just one thing. I sure wish you could talk, Marina. And now we're coming into the song. And I'm going to do something a bit different here. Uh, I recently discovered that if you play the Marina song backwards, it creates a different song. So we're going to play that instead of Troy's song. There we go, there's a slice of yummy Roma cab for you. Um, there's no point in me even trying to talk over that bit of Troy singing the Marina song because it's just, it is pointless filler. Marina, was that you? But your lips weren't moving. This is no, kind Troy. of fun though. But you can hear my thoughts. Marina telepathically communicating with Troy with the voice of Sylvia. And here we go, here's the only point of the episode I actually think not only works, but works really well. The Aquaphibian attack on Tempest Towers. Because for once... We're under attack. The Aquaphibians feel like a genuine threat. I think that's the only time in the series I genuinely look at them and think, We have no defense. Whoa, this is... They're being presented really well here. I think it's because although... How many puppets do they have for the Aquaphibians? I think it must have been only two. They make really good use of them. They feel like... There's, there's thousands of them. They feel like they're advancing on the on the palace from all sides. It's, it's, it's just... It's such an effective use of them. I also love the one who's who seems to be in charge, who's barking orders, wearing a little uh, sort of miniskirt there. Yeah, but they're trying to take it all away from me. Oh, no. Yes, I'm sure some uh, psych psychologist could... Uh, could analyze this episode to the nth degree. Troy uh, being scared of uh, his his real work fighting underwater aliens, destroying and disrupting his his wonderful dream of a palace under the sea, where he just uh, does nothing all day. But I am not that psychologist, and uh, I mean it's very nice seeing Tempest Towers demolished like this it's, it's quite a nice set as well to see uh to see torn down 
Yeah, some of these aquafibians have got like sort of uh, seaweed cape things almost, and uh, yeah, they they look wonderful here. Oh my riches! So I'm I'm very pleased to see them show up, and uh, well, now the palace is being flooded. All of Troy's friends are presumably buried in the uh, the rubble. Amphibians are still, still not finished, tearing the city apart, and it's 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 very strange that you would present them so strongly in a dream episode, whereas in the real world they are completely useless, even with a, a really powerful terrorfish to uh, to command. I would have liked to have seen them presented in this way, in the real world, at least once. Because although I like the look of them, and I like the character of them, and I like the voice of them... Atlanta. They were never really that much of a threat. Except here. Why here? Why now? <laughs> oh. Ah, well, that's it. Troy is, uh... King Troy, or whatever he was calling himself. He's lying in the ruins of Tempest Towers. It's all gone wrong. He's about to lose consciousness, or is he about to regain consciousness? Oh, great woman. It'll save you, Troy. Don't fight me. His bones has arrived with breathing gear. And you know what? It was all a dream. And it's one of those... You know, it was all a dream reveal, so it's like, yeah, we know. Troy. We know. You're okay now, Troy. Yay. Just rest. Relax. Now, just take it easy. Oh, well. Bones. Where, where am I? The palace is crashing down. But this is... <laughs> oh, Marina's wearing a stethoscope. What happened? You had... She's so useful. She's so well trained in, uh, in medicine. And she can uh, co-pilot Stingray. And she can use the hydrophones. And uh, there's no end to her talents, really. She's very useful. Sent you into a kind of drunkenness. Yeah. I've heard of it. Raptures of the Deep, eh? Well, what a terrible story. Oh, Marina's holding his hand. Or at least I could hear your thoughts. I'm afraid not, Troy. <laughs> and she shakes her head. The way lack of air affects you down there. I wouldn't share my thoughts with you, Troy. Palace, eh? No forest, no gems. I guess not. Say, wait. I put some gems in my belt. Yeah, I remember now. Two of the biggest diamonds I've ever seen. Uh-huh. And they turn out to be... Say, there is something here. See? What did I tell you? Huh. They're not diamonds. They're just plain, ordinary seashells. Well, that means that you were hallucinating... I, I guess you could call them the, the gems of the sea. ...before you even uh, knocked yourself out. Pointed that it never existed. Oh, no, sir. I was real mean down there. Give me Stingray every time. Oh, that's great. I can be mean with Sting missiles. I'll take those two crazy hepcats in tow, and we'll head for Marineville. Oh, yep. Yeah. Let's go. I guess I've got some explaining to do to Commander Shore. About what? What, what do you think he's going to think you've done? Well, on a shot of some sh seashells... That's a hard, hard phrase to say. That was Raptures of the Deep. Ah... <sighs> I mean, it's... Uh, I don't care. I don't care. And I hate saying that about 
any Anderson episode, particularly from a series as, as strong as Stingray, but it's dream episodes by and large are just a waste of time. And although the palace was very nicely designed, the Aquafibian attack sequence was absolutely uh, wonderful, and we do get some interesting insights into uh, Troy's psyche, um, even though he said at the end, oh no, I, did, I didn't like it because I was really mean. I think deep down we know Troy is, is very much the way the dream pre presented him. But just the fact that it's a dream, the fact that we spent so much of the first half of the story with those blooming beatnik guys instantly sour the story the moment they open their mouths. So it starts badly. It ends badly. There was a bit of a, a nice blip in the middle there, but otherwise, this isn't an episode I'm ever keen to rewatch. So I'm rather glad that uh, we are now done and dusted with Raptures of the Deep on the Randomizer. <laughs>